coming through the darkness into the audio spectrum. That's what I'm going to say this week. Um, yeah, it's episode 55 of FI Goes PC. And this is going to be a two-parter. We're going to start this up and episode 56 will continue where we left off. It's a big discussion. We're going to actually branch out into different areas, but loosely, it's a very hot topic right now. Um, there's a pun in that somewhat. Um, but we're, we're, we're kind of discussing something. I am here. It is actually uh, very dark. We've had to switch all of the uh, surrounding lights off because they were creating neon hum, which no one needs on a podcast unless you're into neon hum and lightsabers and stuff. But we've cut them off. So we are in somewhat darkness. Uh, it's kind of atmospheric, but that's also good because it plays a keynote into being energy efficient, which is a hint to the topic that we're going to be discussing. I am with, as always, our producer, Winifred Mott. Say hello. Hello, I'm here, and I can confirm that we are actually sitting in a dark room with a very dim lamp on. It is a dim lamp. <laughs> <laughs> it is very dim. It is very it's not the brightest lamp in the shed. Um, but yeah, we are here. Um, we are not with anyone else. It's just the two of us. We had a lot of good reactions to our Valentine's Day special uh, where, uh, you know, we discussed rocks and stuff. We did. Um, <laughs> as you do on Valentine's Day. Um, but basically, yeah, no, uh, everyone's busy. Uh, it's just us. Uh, we've also got a bit of busy coming up, but we will fill you in closer to the date of all of that. But this is a topic. It's not an easy topic to bring up, especially in the formation that I want to do it because it's such a divisive topic in the world today. But we have been back here in the UK following a very dramatic, I would say, premature leaving of Hong Kong. Uh, because things were getting crazy out there. We've discussed that before, obviously, in the past. But yeah, we've been back here, and in our time back here, we've already encountered five named storms. The fifth one, I don't think, had a name, but it has definitely been storming the last 24 hours, probably still will be this evening. We're in the UK, obviously, in the Midlands, and basically we've had all of these high winds, extreme uh, rain, kind of felt a lot like the super typhoon in, in Japan, mm -hmm. didn't it? The first one. A lot of uh, serious flooding all over the UK, actually. Yeah, pretty, them. pretty serious. Um, and basically, just to keep it short, the, the obvious discussion, we've, we've kind of uh, curtailed around this for a long time, but it's climate change, or if you prefer global warming, both of... These are very different things. I'm going to explain the difference between the both. I think a lot of people can deduce it, but I just want to be fair. Clarify. Clarify. Mm. But it's also that I want to present the actual topic um, in a way that I don't think many people are. I think there's a lot of people today that will deal with this stuff almost in kind of mass consensus. We all have a very media-driven world right now, mm -hmm. uh, very opinion-heavy. Uh, very uh, opinion heavy and facts are very minimal. I think there's a lot of us that just want to take the news as credibility and not actually dig the facts up for ourselves because that's effort we don't want to put into it. It's a little bit like having a, a microwave meal as opposed to a six course meal that you cook yourself, isn't it? It's kind of like you want your things in tidbits, but you don't want to put the effort in for six and a half hours like I do every time I cook a sandwich. That reminds me of, an, <laughs> of someone who made a lot of money by creating an app that would just take in global news information and like give it to you in like tidbits. Bite-sized yeah. headlines. Yeah, well, this so... is how clickbait came. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is how social media operates. We're all familiar with it. We live in this day and age. 
And we just want to save time. Well, yeah, well, it's also the foresight thing because something that a lot of people are losing essentially is the ability to look back in um in time remembering things as they were presented to us before the radical media switches and changes when we were all back in school a lot of us have forgotten what we learned i'm one of these people as a photographic memory so for me i can recall tons of information from the past present future whatever mm -hmm. it's not a show-offy thing it's a blessing as well as it is a curse a great line from a film that i once made anyway so <laughs> what i'm going to do is we'll start off as we always do a bit of a brief week wrap-up things here have been very weather affected we haven't traveled too much but there have been a few crazy things happen since we last saw pete with a true crime uh story which I, I've thoroughly enjoyed that. I think Pete. Oh, brought, that was uh, fun. Yeah, I think yeah. he brought out uh, some good stuff. We will do that again in the future. Mm. Um, we love to be on location with Pete because we live quite far away from each other now, so we have to kind of meet in weird, solitary confinement spots like uh, very busy theatres mm. and uh, very busy pubs. <laughs> so yeah, nothing, nothing better than hiding in plain sight. As I as I like to say, but yeah, like a few things have happened uh, within the media this week. Uh, very on point, almost scarily on point, is the tragedy of the latest shooting in Germany. Mm. Uh, a lot of people rounded up and shot in uh, the well. I, I guess it's a Turkish sector uh, in a shisha lounge, and it, it's very sad. It's it's very sad because. As we said, a lot of this stuff is um, is on the rise. Unfortunately, uh, we have discussed a bit of that. Um, I don't want to go too much into just articulating the news that everyone's very aware of, but I do want to say that has happened in between, which is very scarily on point to the conversation we had yeah, last time with you know? uh, gun crime and, and knife crime yeah. and all that. Yeah, it's it's sad, but it's almost like you can find this. Mm. We're also getting leaks of you know coronavirus people being shipped back to quarantine in the UK. That's our current news. Mm -hmm. I think Hong Kong is more radical than that right now. There's a lot of um, basically the same, same old, same old. Everyone's using something for an excuse to go into the perspective. It's of still quite turbulent uh, on the ground, I think, yeah, yeah. The, the emotions. It is. I think it's also very sad that there's a, a supreme lack of clarity for the people down the street. There is a lot of hysteria. Oh, yeah. And I think that's just a failing in the globe right now. We should, as a global community, do something about things like that and try and set people's minds to a positive rather than freak them out as a negative. But mm -hmm. hey-ho, if you're listening in Hong Kong, stay calm, stay resolute. I'm sure if you go out, it's less worse than we're interpreting from the media. It's less worse than we're interpreting from the written media, especially if you're out there. The media out there is 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 giving you a lot of information uh some of it wrong some of it right you know that's usually standard but just keep sane and keep safe and keep happy that's all i can say about I hong think kong it, you know it's not necessarily right or wrong facts but it's more that what's presented to you is often selective well i think the media works like anything if if you have a base opinion you'll flow to the opinion that, that agrees with you. As yeah, opposed confirmation to seeing, bias. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm -hmm. Lots of these terms never existed, have you noticed? So these terms are all terms that we're going to be learning as standardized yeah. education soon. The other story that's hit here that's actually quite a deep one, really, is um, the fact there's been painkiller addiction, a lot of field work. This happened literally 24 hours ago. We were watching the headlines on the, the news. news. yeah. And this is a story that if you're listening in the USA, you will be very familiar with this story. This has been going out in America for 10 years. DDP and us discussed this. Dime Dallas Page, big shout out to you, sir. 
Um, we discuss things about nutrition. Also, uh, he's bridged on opiates and stuff in his career, um, addiction issues. He helped recovering addicts. That's one of his MOs. And so this is not new news if you're in the USA. However, it's scandalous if you're in the UK because we never had these pharmaceuticals. I'd like to point out to everyone listening in the UK um, that you might find common threads with stories probably a decade older in, in the USA, maybe even further back in history than that. But we have recently sold all our pharmaceuticals to America. Mm. So it's very interesting. I'm not going to dig too deep on that surface matter, but I will say it is quite a scary fact that we're getting opioids here in, in the UK. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's uh, to be continued. We'll see what happens. We could be as crazy and creative as the USA. You never know. <laughs> uh, good things can happen from crazy situations, folks. So we're going to talk about climate change, global warming. I'm presenting it differently. And I'm presenting it differently to, to set up a, a lack of division. Think of this as dealing with a topic that everyone can agree with is a thing. And it's a thing that's very real. It's a thing that we're all concerned about. It's happening. It's happening. It's happened before as well. Um, But basically, this is a current situation and we're all being very uh, aware of it, made very aware of it. It's very much a rhetoric in day-to-day life. But it's also a thing, it's undeniable. It's an undeniable thing, okay? Uh, Global warming, maybe not. Maybe not. That's theoretical. But climate change, 100% can't deny it. Our climate is always changing. That is a fact. So this isn't a case where I'm going to drop slander, but this is a case where we're going to use the FIA powers to present things and discuss things as if basically uh, it's a role playing exercise. So take the subject of climate change slash global warming and deal with the topic as if it's a conspiracy theory. Now, I need to say this from the, the get go. I don't believe that it is a conspiracy theory. But we're presenting it as such because I find it's a very interesting debate. If you would prefer, it's an investigation. And that's all I'm trying to do because there's a lot of things that uh, I hear day to day, news uh, podcasts like ours, concerned people. And it is, you've got to be concerned about something like this. But at the same time, where does the line of concern happen and fear begin? Because I feel no one's giving any sort of focus to all of the points in climate change from a scientific point of view perspective or dealing with this so there's a lot of things that i think is misinformed Mm. so what i'm trying to do here is bring sort of a sense of you know what could this be what could that be how's the other things what are the possibilities no matter how absurd because unfortunately (laughs) i i feel and everyone listen, just bear with us. Mm-hmm. We'll keep this as light as we can. It's, it's kind of informative. It's a hard topic to bring hilarity to, but we'll do our best. There is a situation where I do believe um, there's so much power in the belief of this stuff, it has become a bit witch hunty. Mm. By that, I mean a lot of things are being claimed and we're taking them as facts without really breaking down the reasons and the rationales between these things. The biggest one, I think, is that if there's a dramatic weather difference, we're being forced to believe that it's the result of climate change or global warming. Global warming is creating earthquakes, volcanoes, this, that, and the other. That's a lot of what people, I believe, especially social media, are believing. Like anything that's happening in our weather, for example, we've had five storms here, okay? We had the super typhoon in Japan. Mm -hmm. We've been in the trail. We've almost been 
tornado watching. Uh, it's a natural <laughs> thing in, in Texas. We've almost been chasing following, yeah, chasing <laughs> natural disaster. But I'd like to just sort Are of... Are sure it's not following us? Well, I, we might have it in our suitcase, who knows? But basically, um, yeah, this is like the Godzilla rhetoric. Godzilla doesn't exist unless Brian Cranston's there. If you've ever seen the what? film, the remake film of Godzilla, reminding me which I've got to tell you about the Godzilla statue. Still haven't done that. Oh my God. But I'll wait until Pete's with me because it's so excellent. So if you're still on the hook about Godzilla, it'll be worth your while. But moving on, it, the rhetoric is almost like, especially the past year we've had, it's almost like something has followed. Now, I remember... It's like, it's basically, it's a thing. So global warming, it's on everyone's mind. Climate change is on everyone's mind. So it's a natural worry, almost, you know, where there's things you can't dispute. Death is one of them. Can't dispute that. So when you start thinking about it, you're suddenly worrying about mortality. So if the weather suddenly does something weird, we've got the fires in Australia, we've got earthquakes going on, Fukushima situation a few years back. These sort of things... We instantly, I believe, as mass, accept as some part of this global warming phenomenon. In fact, the media is presented as such quite often. Mm. So these storms are this, this is happening this. And recently, never before, and this is ironic for what I'm about to say, never before in the history of media that I'm aware of since I was a kid. I've had 30, coming up to 39 years of media from different countries around the world. So I've had experience of how things have evolved from what they used to be, etc. Never in my lifetime have I experienced the term, this has not happened since uh, records began. And it's now been a coined phrase on BBC News, especially because that's pretty much the predominant news we get here. They use this rhetoric an awful lot right now. This is the hottest day in, since history has been recorded. This is the most flooding we've seen in this country since records began. Now, I think that this is causing almost this um, illogical breakdown of common sense, in my opinion. Okay. There seems to be an implication that correlation equals causation, whereas it's actually, it may not be the case. Well, I actually would put it out there, and this is where I guess, like, Conspiracy theory might be too harsh as a presentation, might be more like investigation. I think we'll change that to investigation. Conspiracy theory has to involve something weird at the end of it, like unicorns or aliens, cauliflowers <laughs> that can talk to you or something like this. Aliens. Oh, oh there you go. <laughs> I, went, I went way more creative than you did. I'm not going to do that. This doesn't have the ending where it's all because of an alien supreme race that wants to take over the world or the world is flat or whatever. Uh, I'm going to say... What? The Earth isn't flat? No, 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 it's inflated. Um, what I'm going to say is more like an investigation. So let me just break things down. The difference between climate change and global warming. Global warming is a theory that because of uh, CO2 emissions in the air, in the atmosphere, the earth is getting warmer on the surface. Okay. So we're insulating our planet and therefore we're trapping more heat in it. And that's basically what's happening. The greenhouse so, effect. Not not the same. It's more like we're creating sort of a, a blanket and we're wrapping the world in it, okay? The greenhouse effect was day one. This was many moons ago, back in the 80s, where they were saying CFCs were affecting the ozone layer, thus creating a systematic greenhouse effect, which is about UV coming into the planet, warming everything up. That was the theory back then, okay? Roughly. 
I'm, I'm just I'm paraphrasing quite a lot here because it's quite a big investigation. Um, but this global warming situation was brought to our attention years later, probably circa 2000 with Al Gore's Inconvenient Truth documentary. OK, our first attention was brought like this. Since I was in school, I'm going back to geography in high school. We were told that we would run out of uh, fossil fuels by 20 years time. We're already over that limit. Yeah. We've been over that limit. I think it was actually a decade. So we, we were very conscious about stuff years ago. Recycling came in at the end of the 80s. We were recycling plastics. Things have been in circulation a lot longer than our current press would give us credit for. We have had solar panels since I think the first ones developed, probably 60s. But we've had them in play really randomly since probably the 80s. Well, we have them in our in our calculators. Yeah, of course. We had loads of watches <laughs> yeah. and things like mm -hmm. this that were solar-powered. We always had that technology, okay? Yeah. But it was only prevalent really in the 80s where you could see it, okay? So what I'm trying to say is in this day and age, when you're looking at the world, you're looking at very conscious people uh, worried about uh, very fundamental things without any background in science. So they're taking a lot of things from so-called and proposed experts. Now... The everyday person doesn't necessarily know if that's an expert or not. They're positioned to be, right? So you can look at everything. And the unfortunate thing is that we're losing the ability as mass population to actually investigate every little thing. Because A, we don't care. B, we haven't got time because everything else we're doing is more important. And C, we're happy to take the word of a so-called expert, right? And that's fine. That's okay. That's no problem. But... I've got a few fundamental issues with the fact that we've got this kind of label, this global warming climate change label, which doesn't have any background or backup or explanation in science. We've been told in our press that for the last decade, and I think this is world press, everyone's been told this rhetoric around the world in some way or another. We have BBC, world that's what our main source of information is. And I'm quoting that to our listeners because I don't want them to think I'm watching tens of thousands of news reports. I could be, but I'm not. I'm focused on one or two. But it's a very spread Reuters-led rhetoric. Let's put it that way, okay? That we are having the hottest decade since records began. That's what they've said. Which is a hell of a bold statement for a journalism to say... Uh, of any journalism to to announce is that hit you know this is the worst anything mm -hmm. since records began because that's simply not true they is, love hyperbole they do in, and it's a headlines. case where i think unfortunately that shepherds people to panic and it does not deal with the situation in any sense of logic as soon as you guys hear that at home i'd switch off personally that's only advice because that's fundamentally an idiot, idiotic thing to say. We haven't got access to the global's records. We don't know every cent of history around the world. Some of it's been destroyed, for example. Uh, Mao in China destroyed so much of China's history and documented things and facts. We don't have it. It's not evident. We've lost so many things connected to even Israel, the Middle East. They've all been lost due to invasion, crusades, things like this. Mm -hmm. You cannot make a statement as ludicrous as this is definitely the hottest decade. Now, for example, 10 years ago, we're now 2020, 2010, I will store this into memory because we moved to Hong Kong, you and I. We had to leave the UK to move to Hong Kong because we were setting up shop out there. This is for the listeners, bit of biography, okay? Working together in film, it was a better base in Hong Kong at that time than it was in the UK. 
due to loads of different factions and reasons, mostly opportunity. Look at that. I just Donald Trump. Um, so <laughs> what? <laughs> that's the thing. I just Donald Trump. So um, what I'm going to say is in 2010, there was the record lowest temperature in this country. At that point, I think only in the 50s or the 40s has there ever been a region of the UK, the highest points mm. of the UK, which is usually how they measure this stuff. The snow, no, snow-capped mountains, the coldest areas of the UK, probably in Scotland, you know, nor this point. But we at the Midlands were in minus 16 degrees Celsius, which you can ask me in Fahrenheit. I couldn't tell. I know I've got your cousin in my head, Duncan. Hi, Duncan. How you doing? He's probably all over it, but I don't know Fahrenheit. Forgive me, America. We're born with Celsius. So minus 16 was so cold that my hair, which was long at the time, could snap. It could freeze instantly and snap. Everything around us was frozen solid, including spider webs. I've never witnessed that. I have photos to You uh, have share. photos to prove that this, this <laughs> was, experience happened. It was extremely cold. Extremely cold. Now, I just want you to understand that subsequent winters in this country were equally as cold as that. Okay. So we had at least two or three weeks of minus 16 to 10 weather, mm. okay? I remember when I checked, it was negative 13. So, right. Yeah. Now, I'm also going to say to all my people in Selly Oak, I know we mentioned Birmingham a lot on this podcast. We are all, you know, emanating from that area. We will shift along. You know that. We've been around the world now with all of you. But I just want to focus on this because I was living in Birmingham at the time, Selly Oak. We had a snowdrift that I've never witnessed. We, we're talking snow dunes which was like huge winds of snow coming in with downpour it was like a scene from almost um i know classic christmas new york where you just get so much snow falling down and it was instantly set up we had nearly six foot drifts which i've never seen in the way that it was now i just want to point out that was three years ago I just want to comment because I wasn't here at the time and you sent me a video of these, um, you know, it's snowing and it being quite windy. And I noticed something really strange because usually when snow falls, it's, it kind of sticks, you know, it falls and sticks. But it was kind of swirling it like was, like sand. It was like a tornado, like many, really many spiraling tornadoes. Like but to me, it wasn't acting That's like, nothing so. new. If you know anything about the UK, we have loads of things like that. Right. Gathering tornadoes, especially in cities. I'll get on to that point. Let's well, that put a pin in that. <laughs> Let's put a pin in mini tornadoes. Pin. There you go. In our investigation. We're all like the weather FBI is what we are right now. <laughs> weather FBI. Yeah. We're all in this together, guys. Everyone listening. Yeah, we're you're just in trying this to figure too. out what's yeah. happening. Yeah. We're just, well, well, no, no, we're dealing with something, which is facts. Okay. These are literally facts. So when that was happening, living it, we were getting drifts. What I mean by drifts is, you know how sand dunes are formed because yeah. the wind blows sand and then it, it's all hilly and it's seamless. Most of Sally Oat looked like that. So you were getting dune gatherings because the wind was blowing in a direction and they were settling like sand dunes. Yeah. Not as significant. We weren't suddenly the um, Arabia of, <laughs> of snow. The Arctic Arabia. We weren't that. But what we were was an anomaly. This was definitely a weird thing. And this lasted for at least six weeks. We were getting on and off snow. Mm. In one day... We mentioned it. I think Pete and I mentioned this in one of the early episodes whilst we were living it. We had all seasons in one day. Sun, rain, wind, thunder, and then repeated. And the five-minute intervals where this would change. Hail, falls, all this stuff. I just want to point out, okay, that the anomalies aren't always about warm. 
some of them are very much backwards it feels like an arctic summer almost you can have the hailstorm falls in hong kong where you have big blocks of ice oh do you remember right right yeah exactly these were massive blocks of ice falling into moles smashing through windows i mean it's almost a setup for rioting i suppose but it was nature doing it it was a festival walk yeah yeah yeah. but we were uh, talking big almost brick size ice falling from the sky Mm -hmm. it's pretty brutal stuff that was really and everyone at the time was taking footage and videos and stuff like this now let me remind you this was a subtropical climate okay Okay, in summer, it wasn't winter. This was a summer weird occurrence. Was it? I don't yeah, remember. yeah, yeah. It was. It was basically typhoon season. Mm. So this is the beginning when it gets super hot. Now it was hot, and at that time we were having because this is near the time where I locked myself out and I was in a typhoon ten, which is the stupidest thing you can do. Well Hi, done. that's that's me. I'm that guy. <laughs> but what I want to say is this is all happened in the last decade in our experience of the world. Yeah. Okay. So LA having tons of hill fires. Mm-hmm. We then deal with there was one in New Zealand, where there was one in Grand Canaria, there's one in um Australia recently. Okay. The one thing that most forest fires have in common that are lost to a lot of people, unless you watch the news religiously, and we have to, in a sense, for our job to give you guys loose facts and actually know what we're talking about somewhat. In most cases, this is an arson originator like basically it's a perfect storm someone sets a fire willy-nilly probably as simple as in los angeles someone drops a cigarette and it's a super dry summer and then it just engulfs in fire and basically when things are dry and the oxygen is heavy which it is in la at that height you it's just the right ingredient for an extremely bad wildfire now LA knows this, and if you've lived in LA, which we personally have, they've tackled it, especially in Hollywood Hills, which has been a recent victim of this stuff. We've telling you, you can't smoke in certain areas, even if it's completely free, it's your house and all this stuff, you can't smoke in those areas of the Hollywood Hills and all this stuff because of forest fire hazards. Mm-hmm. Most houses in LA are wooden, so it would yeah. be catastrophically dangerous. And, of course, human error... A live spark could happen in the garage. Something could go wrong with your electrics. You know, a toaster could be too hot and you're sticking it. But when you've got the right ingredients, a fire is easy to spread. Very, very easy. Mm-hmm. Now, Australia's just had a temporal climate very similar to LA. Dry heat, no winds, no nothing. Perfect storm for fires to spread. I'm not going to say, hand on heart, that nature isn't responsible. If you have a reflected sheet of metal by a tree that you just broke from a car, whatever, the sun can retract, and in, again, perfect storm, nature can create the arson attack, essentially, because you, you're frequencing, just like a magnifying glass for sunlight. It refraction. It refraction. Thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. I'm not that smart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, English major. Um, so, basically, it could be that. Mm. But I'm just trying to deal with this because what it cannot be, and I was saying this to Pete off record, because Pete is very passionately a believer on, you know, information gathering from opinion, especially Reddit, the news. He doesn't disbelieve the media as much as me. I'm very cynical. I've got reason to be cynical. I was trained in journalism for a wee bit. I know how it works more than the average Joe. But at the same time, there is a fact. There is a devastating fire in Australia 
that's a fact. There's a devastating fire almost yearly in LA and it's super dangerous, you know, bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Naturally, as human beings on the planet, we've learned to set triggered fires, especially in the red trees, uh, the, the large sequoia trees of California. You have to do control fires to keep the forest alive, to burn out debris. Mm-hmm. That can go tragically wrong if someone's an idiot, you know? But that's never been the area. Yosemite, which is where the biggest majority of that is in California, uh, the Sequoia Forest, that's never really happened. It's You've got to be an expert to do that, control fires. I remember reading something like the trees were not regenerating as well because they there were no fires. Yeah. And they realized that the fires were actually needed to help. Yeah. And all you need is, and I'm just, all I'm trying to do is just isolate forest fires. That's our first conversation. We've out with the fact that 10 years haven't been that hot mm-hmm. i mean in, in real terms there's been a lot of weird anomalies which is indicating there is a climate change but it is not helping support the theory of global warming in my opinion okay so we're now onto forest fires forest fires can have the causality of an arson attack that's not intended it can be an accidental one someone falls asleep with a cigarette drops out the window of a car boom off you go whatever it can be so many things Retra- uh, reflection of light it can be a deliberate arson attempt to control um the growth of trees it can be in their benefit it can also be illegal fracking it can be multiple reasons what i do not think it can be is that the sun is powerful enough in one part of the world which is rotating on a day and night schedule every day to completely cause that as a natural disaster don't believe it don't, I, I truly don't think it makes any scientific fact whatsoever. It's just not possible. That so, a tree suddenly combusts yeah, the fire. So it's, it's part of this rhetoric. And we can look at this huge disaster of forest fires mm. and instantly go, it's global warming. We've had the driest summer on record. It's this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. I don't think you can sell that to me. It, it can't be. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense. If the globe is warming because of insulation, which is what we're all told, gases are mounting, it's a denser atmosphere, more pollution, therefore the globe is warming, okay, because it's got a blanket around it. A, that would decrease the UV because it would have more protection against the UV light, okay, wouldn't expand it, and we'd have less sun, simply put, because we'd have this world of smog, you see? Mm. Now, I'm not a historian, well, by trade, I'm not a historian. And by trade, I'm also not a scientist. I'm a loopy ape that does a podcast every so often and works in film and other creative joys. But I do know something about science. Got a background history in Chinese medicine. Actually know the truth about a lot of things to do with feng shui and stuff like this. Not in a creepy, I have crystals way, but in a scientific (laughs) way. Okay? I'm very good at science. I was a very good science student. But here's the thing. Okay. The global warming situation is a theory that has suddenly become synonymously inseparable from the subject of climate change. And here's where I'm going to explain the difference. Climate change is something that naturally happens on Earth. We have a rotating field. We have solar flares. And these can be hugely impactful on this planet. We also have a core that is unstable. We are literally on a time bomb with all (laughs) sakes and purposes. Okay, we are. Okay, so we have plate tectonic scenarios because of our core 
we're on a spinning rock that's <laughs> well basically it's it's Ticking. a it's a complete mess okay yeah. this is it's almost like now i don't know what your religious preference is but if you are religious out there it shows that whoever came up with this god supreme being national leader of all of us the universal dominant force the captain america whatever you want to call it um they've got a good sense of humor because what they've done is they've put us on inevitably a hand grenade okay the core of it is lava it's molten rock it's super duper hot ridiculously stupid hot if we interfere with it in any way we blow our planet up because we'll expand the pressure of it so if you imagine having a balloon full of lava and you shake it and add more energy eventually well physically it's impossible you can do this but i'm just creating it'll just blow up because it's looking for air escapes you can't actually do that it's impossible but hey some scientists might be able to suspend my disbelief and like pro wrestling and what i'm trying to say is we live on an unstable thing mm. and when we were young part of our geography was to learn plate tectonics and fault lines it was part of our course gcse subject matter yeah. this is basic education folks this is your high school diploma equivalent in, this is in not, the US. this is even before gcse no this was i was in gcse because i didn't i didn't take uh, geography gcse but i know, we had to I, learn know it I know but i did and i'm that. the uh, oldest person in the room <laughs> so you know i'm, I'm the can authority I just add something as a tangent you can add a tangerine at this point yes i did geography <clears throat> in high school but because I went to an international school that followed the British curriculum, I'm in Hong Kong, remember, we were taught about hard water in the UK. Now, yeah. I don't, we, we don't have hard water in Hong Kong. So that was really abstract for us. We're like looking at this map of this country, you know, miles away, talking about water with like extra calcium or whatever that has no correlation to our everyday yeah. reality. And that was just, to me, that's absurd. Well, we we spent a lot of our time in in history learning about the Roman Empire, <laughs> which is just as absurd. Um, but we have relics of the Roman Empire. It, it, that's a whole tangent, and I'll just finish that tangent by saying just as articulate your point. When you're learning about the Roman Empire, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Because we are surrounded by Roman monuments in the UK, spa towns, etc., Roman baths, and all this. And then you get to go and see what all the teachers build as one hell of an amazing you know, historical site. Yeah. Which in this case, Roman fort near Ulster or somewhere like that. But I'm getting that wrong. It could be further afield, but it felt like it was very close. And it literally is a foundation. It's literally mm -hmm. bricks in the floor. I yep. could have done this myself. <laughs> and I remember as a kid going, there are things I can get excited by. This is most <laughs> definitely not one of them. I did grass houses more impressive than this. Anyway. Well, just to conclude my hard water point, at least, uh, you know, in learning that when I did come to the UK and the water tasted kind of funny, I was like, oh, this is what hard water yeah, yeah. is. But we had the knowledge, and I'm going back to the core before <laughs> yeah. we, we, we take Spin a break for our of... sponsor. <laughs> Spin out of rotation of the earth. Um, we, we're dealing with play tectonics and fault lines. This is in general lost. Mm in general knowledge this day and age so i'm going to get back to that conversation after a quick pause the cause because it is time we do this every week as you know to say hello to our uh, series two hong kong sponsor very good to us they gave us all the t-shirts we've said this time and time again for the uh the hong kong series which is fia season two check it YouTube. out on youtube right now yeah and uh 
Well, they actually have some globally conscious t-shirts. They as well. do. They do indeed. Mm. Yeah, they are globally conscious. They definitely know that we're on a planet. Um, but you can go there right now and spend all your well-earned, economically giving, green, energy-induced money. I'm guessing. I don't know. <laughs> uh, eco-friendly cash. <laughs> Created by your solar panel. Or any panel. Uh, any panel that you might be on. Because uh, that's part of your job. But all you got to do is go to teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash hobo bait to get amazing apparel. It is really amazing. It's all funny. It's all tongue in cheek. It's very cool. Everyone that we're getting feedback from loves this stuff. And uh, obviously we're massive fans for ourselves. But man, it, it's just it's just different. It's just different. And novelty t-shirts are a thing right now, according to every voice in my head. So just go to teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash hobo bait right now you check out the global warming t-shirt the only one that's environmentally friendly <laughs> or conscious so we were talking about plate tectonics and we're talking about fault lines now here's the thing this is part of and i'm just going to do simple science here um rudimentary science so everyone at home gets it if you have a molten core okay anything that you know is hot it expands it needs to push outwards Every so often, if the sun solar flares or whatever on rotation, this core can lash out, basically. It will. It's unstable. It's molten rock. It's bubbling. Yeah, yeah. It's literally an unstable core. When that pushes upwards, sets off a volcano. Now, that can be underwater, which is usually why you get a tsunami. Uh, it's a reactive situation. An underwater volcano will kick off. That will cause a massive push of pressure that will lead to a tsunami, and that's why tsunamis happen, okay? So Fukushima, unfortunately, that was the cause of it. An underwater volcano erupted, that was the cause. This is also why we get tremors. Tremors being earthquakes and things like this are a reactive push of the Earth's core. So when that heat rises, it does things, fraction, whatever, and it pushes. And Once that force is pushed, we call it a Richter scale, tremor. Therefore, Japan, which sits on three fault lines, last time I checked, mm. <laughs> is constantly under the threat of natural disasters. Mm. Okay, America's got the San Andreas Fault in yeah. California. There's, I, I'm sure there's more than that. I'm mm. not going to do this. Sign. I'm not on my encyclopedias. I do not have Wikipedia in front of me because I don't believe in it. This is all retained information. So it's just logical. So it's pushing outwards. Okay, now. We are in a systematic cooling and expansion with that because that's how our planet works. We're also rotating around a massive sun. The sun, which is a nuclear reaction, has solar flares, which means if we have a 10-year period where the sun is behaving in a different state, we're going to effectively feel it on Earth. Okay, So when you are dealing with global warming and you are dealing with climate change, we can understand that naturally speaking, a volcano is not going off because the planet's warm. It's going off because the core of our Earth is pushing outwards. Mm -hmm. The fact that our surface is warm doesn't mean a damn thing to the center of our planet mm -hmm. because the gap is too big to be felt. Okay? So, rising sea levels, which is a global warming phenomenon, technically based, I believe, on the fact that they're thinking the polar ice caps are melting because the surface temperature is getting too hot and eventually will flood our world out. Doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense because there are times in history and periods 
where are polarized caps mouth they mouth and then they resubstantialize it just happens like that oh yeah because wasn't the world like mainly water before there has been times in our history rather than land. in our history and it's again this is theoretical because again when we use the term records begin it can have different meanings yeah. there is a theory with all the ages remember so we have the ice age we have the mm -hmm. stone age on bronze age all these ages the age of the beetles the age without the beetles <laughs> the age of penguins the age without the penguins whatever we are constantly having a changing environmental climate anyway mm. for example the uk used to be 90 percent forest Okay, and, and we cleared holes. it all, and we yeah had different. We talked about that before, yeah. but we cleared all of that in a way to make our towns, hamlets, villages, yeah. cities, etc. As most people do, that's development, that's evolution. Mm. Unless you don't believe in evolution, and then it's well, civilization. Captain America, who's what? put it in your head. I'm just saying, I, I I don't you know I'm trying to be neutral religion here. Neutral religion is that oh, all gods are right. Captain America, and he throws a shield, so he's cool. Um, my <laughs> point is. If you are religious out there, no disrespect. I'm just trying to bring us all together on a single thought. If you don't believe in evolution, that's your freedom of choice. If you have science that contradicts it and your belief and it works better for you, perfect, great. But we can all agree in history or the novels of fiction that claim to be historic that we all read, <laughs> depends on your faith, um, there is an ice age. And in the ice age, the whole world had frozen, essentially, mm. and was slowly defrosting. Okay, this was, it is believed to be an evolutionary state from the meteorites that hit and wiped out the prehistoric age as a theory. Again, theory, mm -hmm. not provable, theoretical. But we have found saber-toothed tigers. We have found woolly mammoth remains, fossils again. They could have been made by Stan Winston's makeup and effects studio. But they are hundreds of years old, folks. So that would mean that special effects departments have been running longer than the Hollywood cinematic adventure. So I, I'm guessing these things That's are real. That's a whole real. different conspiracy theory. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. There. There's a lot of there's a lot of them around, right? <laughs> but we all know that the Ice Age existed, okay? Or we fundamentally believe it because we watched the animation film called Ice, Ice Age. Age. Yeah, and there's a few of them. There's Two. Up to three, I think, three or four. <laughs> I don't know, seventy. So. Let's just call it benefit of that. Woolly mammoth existed, so to tiger existed. We've all evolved. There's been different states, different uh, environmental states. For example, the world was once subtropical. Mm. You know, we were all jungle pretty much. There was a supercontinent that we believe. Pangea. Yeah. Or Pangea. Or, uh, or Pania, which is what? cheese. No. <laughs> um, but it was a supercontinent. And I've theoretically realized this because if you fit all the countries together, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, so that would mean that our water has spread our planet out, which mm -hmm. means in our time of records beginning as human beings, because mm -hmm. we've been around here for a lot longer than 2020 years. Uh, again, sorry if you're Christian, but that's a fact. Uh, otherwise, Jesus, I like to say that because it's Spanish. Um, would not be the be all and end all of man, wouldn't he? Because there was a whole civilization happening when, you know, he was a kid. Muhammad, the prophets, all of this stuff. It, there's history. So that you know, we we're talking our modern era calendar is 2020 years old, but we've been here for a lot longer than that. Mm -hmm. Chinese historians will tell you, yeah, at least 16,000 years of history in China. You know, accountable for. Uh, so when records began is a loose statement. I don't think it applies to everyone's philosophies and beliefs. The Greek will have a, a lot of problems with that. The the Romans, if any of them around, whose records began? Exactly, it's non-descriptive. So I'm just saying, 
if there was ages in our evolution of this planet, which is a living thing, a lot of people don't get that. We're sitting in a house made of bricks and stuff like this. It's very unanimated. We don't think there's life. We knock on a brick and we say hi to it. Only if you're crazy, it doesn't talk back unless you are really crazy. And then you can have a full-blown conversation with it. I'm saying, because we don't produce anything in our head that relates to all of this being a natural organism, if our human bodies can heal, which a lot of people lose sight of, okay, our planet can. And there are times where our body has an auto-defense mechanism. If you can imagine it in medical terms, we're fighting viruses like a very high-tech security team, mm. essentially. I'm just putting this in stupid terms. So a virus comes in, we recognize, mm, foreign body, okay? Reject. Immigration control kicks off and says, <laughs> have you got your passport? No, I don't. And then we, we shut it out, mm. right? The, the world does that too. If there is irreparable damage to this planet to stop the process of evolution, of it evolving, we can kill everything. We can terminate this planet's existence by making it overthrown. For example, if you destroy the ecosystem, mm -hmm. you stop it, right? And that can have rudimentary bad effects. We call similar to a butterfly effect. If mm. you stop this, it will ripple. And yeah. then once that happens, you don't have it anymore. A it's good gone. example is like uh, the bees dying out. Bees going mental for a start yeah. and doing weird things. Mm -hmm. um, we have, there's loads of beliefs of why that is, but everyone likes to say it's climate change. Again, climate change, nature, crops are getting too hot. These things, the, the climate's changing, so the crops are dying out. Now, there are so many ways of saying, right, so we've never had floods this bad. In the uk before we have 100 we have we have we have we have and i'll tell you why if you go to stratford upon avon which is my hometown really you can see historical markings 1910 measured that's since records began if i'm not mistaken and it shows you an eight foot rise and it's never gone past that so the worst stratford has ever flooded is at eight foot and you can see it it's marked on buildings where was that wall that had markings for flood? Worcester. Worcester. Yeah, Worcester has it too. Yeah. Most historical places will have this. Okay. Mm. Just because the field in, say, Herefordshire is flooded, the most it's ever been in history, doesn't mean other parts of the UK haven't. Right. So the point that I'm trying to say is you're contradicting your own philosophy by saying the UK has never flooded. Never it's flooded before. more severely than it currently is in places right. but in some other places it's never flooded before you could argue so that's just again so that you've got to rationalize so my point is to all the folks listening about this climate change concept we are dealing with our ages this is the second point we made the first point earlier i would have a fundamental hard time and i'm not a historian there are many historians that can comment on our threads. They can drop down facts. All of you are welcome to. None of you will. Um, <laughs> but basically, there are historians out there that would probably back up. I would believe the industrial age of humans, mostly in the West, in European, because it doesn't really relate to the entire globe. I don't feel Africa's ever had an industrial age. I'm pretty sure the Chinese dynasties didn't. But we did. So Victoria in the UK, okay, all of these times where it's high energy, everyone was using coal, everyone was using gas. I can only say to the world right now, the reliance on steam from coal would give you so many more unhealthy emissions than we have in this day and age. For example, there would have been more cattle, there would have been more 
uh, animal life back then because they were farming extensively meat over vegetables. We didn't have access to vegetables. The diet that we had back in medieval times to Victorian period was heavy on meat. Heavy. Less so now. Don't you think that some people might argue we actually have more because like America, they have, well, they mass produce. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. What people have an inefficient way of understanding, and I don't mean to insult anyone listening, but it's literally an inefficient thing that the media has given to them as direct quote. I know Pete and I could argue about this for days. Here's the thing. We're saying population growth is why we're producing more food. Mm -hmm. It's simply not true. Mm -hmm. Diets have completely changed and the population growth from say victorian england to this day is not that remarkable it was always extensive london's population was massive even back then the amount of people coming in immigration in this country was huge i will say significantly higher sure but not enough to justify because here's the thing we're importing more meats from around the world there's more global trading there's less farming happening mm. You say about big commercial empires, mm. they use less source product and make it milk out further. It's like the ultimate drug cartel. If you take your meat product, <laughs> you can reform it, process it and get 25,000 hamburgers. For example, if I get a pack of one pound beef, how many hamburgers can I make next to the fact that if I make spaghetti bolognese, it's all gone. Mm. And it seems not enough. But I can make it spread if I had breadcrumbs and process it, it goes further. Mm. So it's literally that we're having more processed foods, which means a single cow goes a lot further. Yeah, I guess also with like the global commerce, like they'll they'll ship the chicken feet over to Asia, yep. for example. Well, it's yeah. I mean, I won't argue no that I won't here. argue because there's a lot of vegetarian vegans that know a lot more about this than me, but I won't argue that the numbers of, say, condensed farming, battery farms, industrial farming, that unfortunately is out of whack. It's yeah. completely crazy, especially in Asia. But if you're talking about English farming and imported stuff, I think that you are seeing a rapid decline in livestock here compared to, say, Victorian England, where the diet is less formed around the idea of livestock. Back in the day, you would have literally almost every person would have access to a chicken coop mm. to feed their household, especially in middle class Victorian England. It right? depends on you know, what we're comparing in terms of culture and context, because I'm thinking America and you're talking solely like historical. Well, I, I'm bringing well. it to the UK because I can only contest my knowledge of BBC News with this whole since records began. Yeah. Jargon, OK, mm -hmm. I can't say it's been used in America. I would believe it is. Probably. And people will tell me over there because we got buddies. But I'm just basically I'm bringing this to the UK because it's my life. I've, I've lived this. This is what I can testify as fact. Mm -hmm. I'm also dealing with the fact that my education told me this and science tells me this. And mm -hmm. then this is this huge speculative media thing. So ultimately, I'm not going to prejudge what's going on in all over the place. I know it's hard for people to understand this because they're looking at this whole topic really with the rhetoric of what's being told to them by the media or by a so-called expert in their field or by a Harvard uni professor or something like this, but they're not making their own investigation. That's the point of the podcast. Mm. So for me, it's a case of on one side, there's more people on earth. On the other side, there's less meat eating than there once was. And I believe that, 100% believe that.
And the reason that I believe that is because if you go back to the cookbooks, even if you go back to um, post-World War II, you listen to your grandfather's generation if you're from the UK, if they're still around, and very few are, the whole culture of our food was meat orientated. Meat and two veg. Mm, yeah. Okay, We didn't have spices. We didn't have tomatoes. We didn't have any of that. They were slowly introduced from the 50s plus. Okay, We didn't have any of that. So everything had to be live. Everything had to be fresh. There was no... We had salt preservation. We didn't dry stuff. We Vinegar. had smoking mm -hmm. as preservation, pickling as preservation. But most of these things would literally be overfish, sauce fish, and all this stuff. The reason that it looks like we're losing our, you know, we're we're overfishing, we're overdoing all this because of mass waste. It's got nothing to do with consumption. It's about waste. Mm. The supermarket will have 10,000 salmon in it. Yeah, that's another And they only problem. need five. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So where the rhetoric gets lost, I believe where the rhetoric gets lost is that people can't process fact from scary stats. I believe more people live in a balanced diet than have ever lived in history. And I think that's routinely why we're healthier, mm. you know? And also, there's a lot of almost formaldehyde sort of mummification uh, techniques put into most things that you can buy in Ralph's if you're in America, <laughs> meaning that a tomato oh or God. an apple. Yeah, I know. Can last literally. It's it's got immortal genes. But this is why we say there's a lot of dietary weird mutations happening. Yeah. You could say you know more um, allergies, mm -hmm. but that's a whole different thing. But it's still to do with the climate. So. What I'm trying to say is, in the industrial age, as far as the UK is concerned, the pollution levels here would have been fundamentally worse than any other time in history due to emissions. We, number one, didn't have the technology and science to see that this stuff was killing us. Number two, we were having literal plagues from outbreak of soot poisoning, tuberculosis. All of this is direct from carbon emission, mm -hmm, okay? Mm -hmm. When you talk about that level of poison in the atmosphere that would have more essence especially how that went on for a hundred so years that would have more essence to call about this global warming crisis than we currently have to back that up car emissions as scary as they are with as many cars as we've got on this planet have been filtered a lot less for co2 emissions the unleaded petrol invention for example mm. took a lot of that away okay and so what I'm saying is when you had no choice but full fuel emission, diesel burning, steam, coal, all of this stuff, when the trade and the main power from the UK was coal burning furnaces for 150 years, it would have been a worse environment then than it is now. And that is while records began. So what I'm trying to state to folks in this conclusion, we look at it because we're told a rhetoric that we can believe in. We know there's a mass population. We know there's a global world population problem. But what we don't do is understand that farming is on the decline. Okay? That meat eating is on the decline around the world. Meat consumption is falling, which is, I think, why meat prices have risen, okay, to a point, because there's less of it. Now, again, you can say what you want. Anyone out there can tell me. They can say that it's... If you it's want to dispute it, like yeah, well, <laughs> I know we're overfishing and I know we're over, you know, farming, if you will, mm. in a corporate sense. 
but it's also a case where we're mass it's like it's it's mass craziness and because we're taking the uh, ecosystem of the sea and the rivers mm. it has that falseness to it attached to it that basically we're overfishing because we're killing the ecosystem we're taking fish when they're too young because of the demand it doesn't necessarily mean that we're taking more fish in consumption a lot of people really don't understand this they really don't like case in point have you seen what the romans used to consume in their day-to-day life have you seen what ancient greeks used to it was hugely indulgent a single person and single meal would eat 24 times what we can consume now and they would die quicker because of it. If you go back to Victorian England, they'll tell you the diets and the meat pies and everything that you got. If you go back to Shakespeare, even if you go to Shakespeare's birthplace, they used to tell you what he used to get for food. But don't you think it's just sort of um, a very small cut of society that did that? No. Mm. No, um, it, because the quality would be for the poor, it'd be crap quality. It'd be like anything you can hurt a rat or a squirrel or something like this, and anything you can bring home, they wouldn't be able to go out and buy a turkey. Mm. You know, they might be able to save up for a goose at Christmas, so to speak, but it wouldn't have been commonplace for them to eat as well. But they would still be eating a lot more meat. That that was routinely the diet. So culturally speaking, you know. There's very few cultures on earth that didn't have that from day one. Middle East wouldn't have had it because they can't farm easily. So they have to adapt spices, goulash, you know, <laughs> I say goulash, that's Russia, isn't it? Or Poland. I don't know. But you know what I'm saying? Uh, these places would have stewed. They would have made it go further. Russia's climate Siberian. It doesn't have that many farming environments. Classically, it does. I mean, it had it. But obviously, you'd have big droughts and huge frosts and, you know, kill crops. Middle East, a lot of desert. You adapt your diet around that, mm. you know. So you have to be cleverer, okay. Then you get the Chinese culture, which has always been a balanced food diet, which is why they've lived longer than anyone else since you know history began. Let's say, because we're quoting that phrase. But you'd have all of these cultures. Our culture is routinely same as Germanic, because we're kind of Germanic, um, British people. Um, say French and all of this. We European diet, unless it was mediterranean which would have changed again has always been classic these are hundreds and hundreds of years of historical dates and points and facts and stuff okay mm-hmm. and our industrial revolution was mostly the richest countries in europe so germany uh, france england scandinavia um you know eastern europe but it wouldn't have included, say, Italy and Spain, who didn't really have that sort of industrial. Well, they would have been industrialized, but it wasn't the same level. Um, it's a very fascinating thing. Because if you cross-reference, and this is the final closing point, we'll go into more on part two, but I'll just finish up. If you go into cross-reference on history and you look at the atmosphere since history began, and this is really the, the point of this podcast, episode one, is we're dealing with this records began since quote. Since records yeah, yeah, yeah. began, yeah. Since records began, I can promise you, most of you will find evidence supporting the theory that this planet had more CO2 emission in the past than it does presently. I will put that out I don't there. think the records go back to Victorian England, though. They do, they do. No, but that's what I'm saying, because, like, since records began, in one article that I read was, like, 1940s Right, well, that's... So. Okay, so when you're listening to this, and thanks for bringing that to my attention... Look out for that, folks, because it's a very divisive term. Since records began is defining and it's causing panic and fear. And my point is in all of this stuff, to me, 
you will define that by human records, humanity. And I would also state that just to close part one, we're going to come back to this in part two next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. But just to close this off, I know it's a very intense conversation. There is no way our world would have survived a meteorite that killed all life on Earth with a nuclear blast worse than we've come up with ourselves since okay and really like literally been born again from that situation through different ages evolving everything when we put a tag on this and say something stupid like global warming is a big thing because co2 emissions on cars i think that what we're doing is misquoting a scientist who's issued a warning because it's a very real significant problem to us we are killing our own oxygen that's a fact. And we should not do that. There's got to be a better alternative. Mm. Things are getting polluted. And it means that when that rises to the point where it's almost industrial age, all of that darkness comes back. Black lung, tuberculosis, all of this stuff. And that's why we can't allow ourselves to get that polluted again. But in conclusion for episode one of a two-part thing, I will say it's really stupid and reckless to start naming any weather change just because we're confusing the information with global warming. So my purpose really is take back from this information a logic in this investigation of this topic, part one. Your moral of the story is literally understand that CO2 emissions is a real problem. Pollution, real problem. But always be realistic with the overall issues of the fact that we're on a hand grenade and that's called earth and that's it the hand grenade called earth is the moral of this story we'll be back next week we're going to investigate this topic a little bit more we're going to start getting more specific about different things but i hope literally i hope i'm not trying to discredit the need to care about the environment definitely not we need to 100% if not to give our kids better way of life than even we've lived that should be generational it should be the thing that we all do out of honor and love because you know, people out there with kids you know man that kid is your be all and end all and you don't want to see this world suffer worse we are being told a lot of what could be and they're all negative um, but I just want to say put some reality to it uh, but that's it for me that's, uh, that's it for this week over to win for the wrap up Subscribe to FIA Gets Tubed on YouTube for access to all Project FIA episodes and extras. As you know, you can find our podcast on all the major platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, and SoundCloud. Ask us questions and drop us your comments via email. Our address is projectfia.rebelrated at gmail.com. And of course, we are also on Twitter. Our handle is projectfia.rebelrated.